Hello, and welcome to Renew Online. My name is Deke Mislow, and uh, I'm going to be bringing the word today. I'm so glad you decided to join us. Uh, today we're going to have a message on uh, being content in our surrender to Christ. But first, if you would, will you, will you pray with me? Uh, Father God, I just lift up our, our, our country in the, the present state that it is. There's so much... Uh, division, God, that it's just, it's hard to even wrap our minds around. God, uh, we lift up all the destruction in the world. Uh, God, we, we, we have uh, earthquakes, we have hurricanes. God, uh, I lift up Louisiana, I lift up uh, Haiti. God, I lift up our church families, I lift up Afghanistan. Lord, it's, it's been heavy on my heart lately, and, and so many that, that uh, the, the brothers and sisters that we have over there are being persecuted and and, and murder daily. God be with them. But that peace that we don't understand, that, that goes way beyond our understanding, just fall on that whole country, God. I lift up uh, uh, our church families. The, there's so many people now are going through COVID, and, and God has just uh, flared its ugly head again. And God, we need, we need relief. So I, Father God, I ask for that in Jesus' name, that you would just uh, just touch us, Lord, that you would protect us, you would deliver us through this, this pandemic. God, it's, sometimes it just seems overwhelming, but we know that you are good. We know that you are still on the throne, even in the pandemic, in the wars, in the hurricanes, and in the earthquakes. God, we just need to come to this place where we trust you. Even though we don't understand, we still need to trust you. So God, be, be welcome in this message today as it goes out and, and uh, is received online. God, I pray that you would just anoint it. And God, that um, your message would be told. Move me out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for that. Well, uh, doesn't it seem like the world's just in a, in a as crazy as it's, it's ever been? And I used to really worry about that. It used, to, it used to consume my mind to the point where I was just always saddened by it. And then I came to this place where um, I began to trust the Lord. And I came to this place where I found that, that my life seemed to be better the more I gave to God. And I began to surrender more and more of my life. And thankfully... In that surrender, I found a peace. And then I began to read God's book, the Bible. And I, I would read it and, it, and it would become relatable. And I would read stories, and, and, and I would find that, that there are a lot of similarities in the book and in my life just came, seemed to come together. The things that were happening in this world slowly but surely, uh, didn't concern me as much as they used to because I learned to trust in our Heavenly Father. I learned to trust in His Son. I learned to trust in the promises. And it seems like this peace that the Bible talks about, it's, it's so important for us to come to this place where we can find it. And if we put our hope in Christ and we, we know that no matter what happens in the good and the bad and the ugly of life, we know that it's only temporary. And that's a blessing to me. 
For if we focus on the eternity of our Heavenly Father, the relationship that we have, that's what brings the great hope. Right? For me, it was important to understand the statement in Matthew 24 when Jesus said, Don't be alarmed, such things must happen. I used to just dwell on it. Like, how can it be this bad? God, what are you doing? But Jesus told us these things must happen, right? And Jesus was talking about these wars and these rumors of wars. And Jesus was talking about famines and earthquakes. Man, this stuff is tough. And once again, I came to the realization that these things must happen. God somehow is able to give us peace, even the most pressing of storms. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. But well, that's powerful. You see, hope and peace are two things that can't be bought. They are freely given to those who would freely accept. So today I wanted to share on being content in our surrender. Surrender is one of the toughest things that I think believers have to face. Not because God has made it difficult. On the contrary, he has made it easy. And we are the ones that seem to make it so difficult. How often do we say, or how often do we buy into the deceiver's lies that surrendering to Jesus means that God is going to force us to live a life of misery? Many times we say before our surrender, I know what God wants from my life. And if I surrendered to Jesus, it will be God telling me to do things that I don't want to do and live the way I don't want to live. You know, I found in my life, it seemed to be a heart issue. All the times that I rejected, all the times that I refused, it always seemed to be, at least for me, a heart issue. I know for a time it was impossible for me to surrender the throne of my life to the Lord because I knew the moment I did, I would be His. His to use, his to change, his to do whatever he wanted. I was so afraid of surrender because I bought into the deceiver's lies that a life surrendered to Jesus was a prison sentence of rules and laws. If I surrendered to Jesus Christ, I would no longer have the life or be able to live the life that I wanted to live. I feel like I wanted to surrender to Christ so many times, but the world and the deceiver in my very own flesh fought against it. I would buy into the lies time and time again, and they would tell me, God doesn't want me to enjoy life, only follow the rules. And time and time again, I pondered it and I rejected it because I thought that I was living the true life, the life that I wanted to live. God wanted me not to live that life, but a mundane and boring life. And Satan proved uh, time and time again that that was a lie. 
You know, praise God for the day that I surrendered my life to the Lord. That was a day I truly began to live. Then I started to read the Bible, and I read about a man named Paul and his conversion, right? On the road to Damascus. How amazing is it that God would change Saul into Paul? Take a man and completely transform him into something totally different. Paul was made new, and I could relate. I started to read these books in the Bible, and I noticed that so much of what I was, was reading began to be so relatable. How is it that many of the struggles that I was having, these people in the Bible were having the same struggles and the same troubles? The more I was able to understand God's word, the more I would trust. And the more I would trust, the more I would surrender. I started to get excited about life. Not the life I built, but the life I was, I was, I was gaining, the life I was developing, the life that I was receiving in Christ. And suddenly passages like 1 John 2.15 through 17 started to make so much sense to me. And there we find, he says, he says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love from the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Satan in the world would have you believe that the freedoms of the flesh is what will bring you fulfillment and happiness. Uh, Live your life. Live for the day. Be proud. Feed the lust of the flesh. Feed the lust of the eyes. Remember, YOLO, you only live once, right? Looks really good on paper, I used to say, doesn't it? But I know how empty that life really is. I've lived it. I've experienced it, and I've felt it. God's Word says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That's where I want to be. For so many years, I bought into the lie that you can only truly be alive if you've served the flesh. But the more I read God's word, the more I could see through the lie. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 19, it says this. It says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. And therefore all died and he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them, for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to him through Jesus Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Praise God. We have been bought and paid for. The first time I realized that I had been bought and paid for, it was a powerful moment in my life. Our Redeemer lives, and we can live with him forever. And you see, that's, that's the life Satan doesn't want us to know about. He doesn't want to know about life. He doesn't want us to know about the life everlasting that we can have in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. If you believe his, his lie that you are the God of your own life, you deserve the worldly pleasures no matter how destructive they are to you, then you are blind to the fact that Satan wants to devour you. We read this in 1 Peter 5.8. It says this. It says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So often we forget about that. We forget that, that, that we, we wage war against the unseen, against things that are not flesh and bone. And this enemy, he wants to destroy us. When you become a new creation in Christ, I believe that's when life truly begins. At least that's how it was for me. I found in my surrender, life was the complete opposite of what I thought it would be like. The freedom I felt in Christ is beyond words. Being liberated from the fleshly desires and addictions was like having my prison doors kicked open and be able, being able to walk out free. I was in bondage for all those years, and I was blind to the fact that I was. The more of my life I gave to God, the more he cleaned up. My heavenly father began to replace worldly priorities with heavenly priorities. It was like I was truly alive. I used to cry out, what do you want from me, Lord? And that was my big thing. I would always scream out, what do you want from me? And he would answer me always, you. I just want you. And as my priorities began to shift, instead of serving the flesh, I developed a desire to serve my heavenly father. If you surrender, God will give you a heart that wants to do what he's calling you to do. I've seen it time and time again. Remember, I said, I think it's a heart issue. When God changes your heart and gives you a heart that wants to serve him, wow. All I can say is, wow, your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. I hope you've had the greatest heart surgeon that has ever been work on your heart. Give your heavenly father the time. Allow him to do a transplant of, of works in your life. God will give you a heart that wants to do what he's called you to do. While reading in the Bible, it becomes clear to me that surrender was an important part of my relationship with Jesus. When you ask Jesus, 
to take the wheel. We've heard the song. We hear people joke about it. We hear people talk about it. But when you actually ask Jesus to take the wheel, you actually have to let him drive. You have to give him control. And it's been my experience that when I decided to finally allow him not to be my co-pilot, but to allow him to take control of my life, that's when I just kicked back and started to enjoy the ride. And believe me, it's exhilarating when he drives. How many of us can say that we can truly find that we can surrender to that point where we actually allow Jesus to drive and become the Lord of our life? If you can truly release control of your life to your heavenly Father, that's when you will find contentment in your surrender. Here's what Paul says about being content. I love this. First time I read this and I understood it and I could relate to it, I was just like, yeah, I get that. Finally, I understand. And so in Philippians 4.10 through 13, this is what Paul says. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. See, Paul is saying this to the church of Philippi because they're sending him an offering. And he's like, man, it's so good that you remembered me. Thank you for this offering. But remember one thing, right? This is bigger than the offering. I thank you for the offering. But it's a good thing that your heart remembered me. It's a good thing that your heart sent it. And that's what it's all about. He says, you know, thank you for sending it. I will accept it gladly. But I didn't need it. And you know, at first it seems a little offensive what Paul's writing here. But then when you understand the grand picture, right? When you understand... what he's reaffirming to, then you start to understand the big picture of, of what Jesus can do. Jesus can bring contentment in every situation. So then he goes on and says this. Paul says that, I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. He says, I know what it is, or I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or, or in want. I can do all things through Him who gives me the strength. See, He finds contentment in life through Jesus. And so he hasn't, he hasn't built up these, these things in life, these cushy things in life that determine whether or not he's content or not. He lives beyond that. He lives in true fellowship with Christ. And what does Jesus say? He's the bread of life, the living water. And Paul understood that, right? Listen, this, this is not some cheap talk, right? He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. This isn't just some cheap talk from a man who likes to hear himself talk. 
Listen to what this man went through. And when he says he is able to be content in all things, I for one believe him. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians. Paul, he says, are they servants of Christ? Am I out of my mind to talk like this? Paul's actually boasting about his weakness, right? And, and, and his need for Christ in his life. When he comes to this situation and he's talking to these people, he says, am I out of my, uh, my life? I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent night, a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger from the city, in danger from the country, in danger from the sea, in danger from the false believers. I have labored and toiled, and I have not gone without, and I have gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked and besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Paul goes through all this, right? On top of this, he has daily concerns about the churches. Paul gets it. Paul understands. His life is not his own. I believe this man truly learned how to be content in every situation. The world would say that you deserve your personal comfort. Anything else is not living. And in that, you will always find that somehow, no matter what you receive, you always want more. At least that's been my experience. And Paul would say, to live is Christ, to die is gain. The first time I understood that, it blew my mind because I was like, yes. And when I have these yes moments, when I'm in Scripture, man, it changes my life, and that's what it's all about. Paul was flogged, beat up, thrown in prison, shipwrecked, not just once, not twice, three times he was shipwrecked, alone in the open water for a day and a half. It seemed danger was everywhere, right? You heard the list I just read. Everything under the sun, it seemed like, or even the moon was after him because he was doing Christ's good work. Five times, 40 lashes minus one. You know, it was said that if, if a man received the 40 lashes, he would die. So they, they got him up to the point of death and then removed one. Five times he went through that. Five times he was one lash away from death. And this man was able to find contentment. This is the same man that was in prison singing. I believe this man when he says he has been able to find contentment in all situations, in all things, because he knows where the power comes from. And that's his Jesus. This guy knows what it's like to surrender. This guy knows what it's like to surrender his life, a life, to Jesus. In closing, let me say this. 
the Apostle Paul had a visit from the greatest physician that ever lived. He had a visit from the best heart specialist that there ever was on the road to Damascus. And Jesus cried out to him. Actually, Jesus called out to him. And Paul was instantly changed. And I know on the night that I surrendered my life and I said, you know what, Lord, I am yours completely. I am tired of these old ways, right? I've always known of Jesus. I grew up in a Christian household. I believed. The Bible says even the demons believe, right? And so I had to come to this place where I had to surrender. I had, through faith, and faith alone, we are saved. And once I came to this place and I surrendered the life that I created, I, sur- I surrendered this life that I fabricated, and I said, you know what, Lord? <laughs> My life's a mess. I've built a house. It's unsturdy. I've built a house. It's not strong. I've built a house on a weak foundation. Lord, show me. Show me how to build a life. And he did. And I tell you what, that day I surrendered my life to Christ, it changed everything and every aspect in my life. I would ask you, surrender your old dying heart if you haven't already. Allow the great physician to come in and do a new work, right? And what does it say in Second Corinthians? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Man, God is so good. And now for me, the, those manners, those matters of the world falling apart and crumbling around me, you know, I've learned just to trust in Jesus you know, I, I, I show up and I represent the best I can. I represent Christ in, 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 when, I, when I'm voting. I represent him in, in a lot of the actions in my life. And I, and, I, and I act and do what I believe his will is. But there's so many things that are out of my control. The government is his. The world is his. We're called to do what we can do. And so I love it. I love it. When I'm, when I'm called to say, well, what do you think about these situations in the world? And I say, you know what? I'll do what I can with that. But really, what I can have control of is my four walls. And so I say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's the perfect start. So no longer do I stay up at night with this deep concern of will the world end tomorrow. God has brought me a peace and a comfort that goes, like the word says, beyond my understanding. I can't wrap my mind how I could have such a peace in such a a devastating time, such a chaotic time. But that's my Jesus He says he will if I give it to him. His burdens are light. 
He could carry much more. Give it to him. And I've learned to do that. And then in that, there's such a peace. I have learned to surrender all. And you know, I hope that you will too. Now I, you can find me often saying that I have decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back. And as a baby, as a young child, I used to sing that song. And, and it, was, it was just something that I liked to sing, but I never put a whole lot of thought and understanding into it. But Paul when Paul decided to follow Jesus, it didn't matter if there was prison. It didn't matter if there were shipwrecks. It didn't matter if there was flogging. It didn't matter what. There was no turning back. And he found himself being content in every situation. I'm so glad you joined us this week. And, and you know, I hope, I hope in the weeks to come, if you haven't already, I hope, I hope you will just communicate and speak with your heavenly father and say, Papa, help me find this contentment that Paul has, this contentment that Deke talks about and, and says that he has. And it'll come. Read his word. You know, if you're worried about the, 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 the status of the world today, read his word. Jesus says you will hear of these things. These things must happen. And there's peace in that. And you know what? As long as you can say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's all he really wants. All he really wants is you. God, what do you want from me? And he'll tell you, all I want is you. So I hope you have a, a, a wonderful week. I hope you uh, will come back next week and see us. Um, we love you guys. And uh, have a blessed week. Bye-bye.